This is Tom Schwab, author of the upcoming book, Connect, Grow Your Business, Speaking Directly to Your Dream Customers. And you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Episode 139. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 139, and I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. Every week here at Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy with you that I like to call today's takeaway, where I'm going to give you at least one action item that you can walk away with right now, and if you implement it, it's going to help you grow your business. I also invite a guest expert each week to help you with various aspects of the growth of your business, and occasionally we tackle the subject of finance on Act Local, but I have a new twist on finance today that we've never discussed before, so you don't want to miss this. One of the first decisions you need to make as a business is a legal decision. What type of business will you be building? Will it be a sole proprietorship, or is it a partnership? Do you need to incorporate this business entity? They're all important questions, and they're really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to legal ramifications for you personally and your business. Let's go straight to today's takeaway. So here is the promised action item that I am going to give you that you can walk away with, put it in your back pocket, pull it out, look it over. If you implement it, it's going to help you, I promise. So what are the types of business entities that you could be looking at? As I mentioned, there are sole proprietorships, there are partnerships, there are corporations, there are LLCs. I hadn't mentioned that before. That's, that stands for limited liability company. Those are very popular. Now, how do you decide which of these entities is going to be right for you and this business that you've decided to build? I did a little hunting and at entrepreneur.com, which is a great resource. If you've never gone over to entrepreneur.com, I actually subscribe to the, the magazine itself. But the website, of course, is full of articles, many of which never appear in the magazine. It's a great resource. So I was over at entrepreneur.com, and they had some info that I want you to have. So I'm going to summarize it here for you. These are the criteria that they suggest you need to use when choosing how to set up your business. So the first is legal liability. To what extent do you need to be insulated from legal liability through this business? The second is uh, the tax implications. I have no clue how big the tax code is. 
uh, but I'm certain it's absolutely monstrous and really should be considered before you make any decisions about how to set up your business. The third is cost. What does it cost to form the company? And what are the ongoing administrative costs? And do they outweigh the tax advantages? You have to sort of balance this all out depending on what your goals are. The fourth is flexibility. Individual needs are really a critical consideration. No two people have the same goals or concerns. So know what you need to get out of owning this business. And the final point that Entrepreneur made is to consider future needs. What happens if you want to retire or something unfortunate happens? What are you leaving behind for your family? These are just a handful of the considerations that you need to put some thought to as you're deciding to build this business and make it a legal entity. You can always drop me a line to ask, A-S-K, ask at actlocalmarketing.com. And I can point you to resources that will help you sort all of this out. It's not my expertise by any stretch, but I know a lot of people who can help you. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus or Pinterest or any place else that you happen to hang out in the digital world. Look me up and follow me. I'd like to get to know you better. And please tell your social media followers about the podcast, Act Local Marketing. Subscribe. You can subscribe over on iTunes or Stitcher. And please leave a review if you've listened to one of the podcasts. Those reviews are extremely helpful to me. We send out all of this good information to you every week. And all I ask in return is that you leave me a review over at iTunes. They're very helpful to me. Now it's time for a short break. But when we get back, my guest Diane Gardner is here. And she's ready to step to the front of the room. So stay tuned. Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. 
so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And as promised, I have another great guest for you today. Let me introduce you to Diane Gardner. She is an expert tax coach, a Quilly Award recipient, and best-selling author whose proactive planning approach gives clients a leg up on Uncle Sam, and don't we all need that? She helps them dodge the tax bullet. Now, Diane saves small business clients between, check this out, $5,000 and $50,000 in as little as 60 minutes. You know, $5,000 in 60 minutes. or fifty. I could spend 60 minutes and save $50,000. That's quite a paycheck there, Diane. And it's so much fun to do, too. <laughs> I'm sure. Now, Diane's uh, tax coaching sessions have resulted in a combined savings of nearly $500,000 to date. Hard-earned profits that small business owners would have given to the government by overpaying in their taxes. And leaving no deduction or credit unexamined, she ensures professionals like you pay the least amount of taxes allowed by law. As a licensed enrolled agent, Diane prepares returns and helps taxpayers nationwide maximize profits and tax savings. She is a certified profit first professional, a QuickBooks Pro advisor, an accredited tax preparer, and has elite certification as a tax coach. She is the co-author of best-selling books, Stand Apart and... Why Didn't My CPA Tell Me That? I love that title. And she has also authored three other books, including her latest, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay, and How to Stop It Now. Diane, welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Kaylin, thanks so much for having me on your show. I'm really looking forward to visiting with you today and just sharing some information back and forth. Well, I tell you, you know... I'm an engineer. I tell people this all the time on the podcast. I'm an engineer by background, right? So numbers don't scare me. But the minute you put a dollar sign in front of them, they stop making as much sense to me. I don't know what it is. You know, give me four decimal places. But once it's a dollar sign and just two decimal places, I get a little befuddled. And I haven't spoken to anyone about, you know, tax implications. I mean, uh, oh, my God, who? nobody in their right mind, you know, likes paying taxes. I would, I would gather to think, but, um, you know, we all have to, and there's all different kinds of business setups, uh, especially in the small business world, not the huge corporate world. And there's all sorts of implications and there's, you know, I don't know how big the, the book is that I would have to read to understand all about taxes. And that's why I love people like you, because you understand all this stuff that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever and this is going to be great because i've never had a tax expert 
come on the podcast to start helping business owners understand that, you know, that's another way they could be raising their profit is by making sure that they, they've got the best tax preparation and plan in place. Definitely. And most people don't realize that 90 to 95% of small business owners are overpaying their taxes because they just simply don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. This is amazing to me. So explain for people, uh, I think most people that listen to this podcast are probably familiar with the concept of coaching, but tell us what, what is a tax coach and why would I need one in particular? Okay, a tax coach is a really cool concept. It's similar to a business coach, a life coach, a sports coach, in that that tax coach is going to come along beside you, take a look at your financial information, your tax returns, if you're using QuickBooks, get a QuickBooks backup, and just kind of look at what are you doing in your business, what types of things are you taking advantage of, and where are you leaving money on the table. Then we take it another step further and we'll take a look at putting together a plan so we can pick up all those pieces of money that you're leaving on the table and paying to Uncle Sam that you don't need to pay, and we'll put that into a plan with steps showing you exactly what needs to be done to put that money back in your pocket, and then we'll even go one step further and we'll actually implement that plan for you so you don't have to. You can just keep right on focusing on running your business, and we're in the background doing all this stuff for you, and you reap the tax savings. So yeah. I get to be a tax superhero sometimes. There you go. Yeah, you are a superhero. How did you get into this line of work? I ne- I didn't ask you. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Back when the recession was hitting so badly, I had so many of my clients going out of business. I was mm-hmm. more of a traditional accountant, and they were just they were hit so hard in the construction industry and the real estate industry that my clients were going out of business. And subsequently I'm looking at, um, I'm going to be going out of business too, if I don't do something different. Uh, we were hit very hard. We were too heavy on the construction side of clients. So I started looking for other revenue streams, other things that I could do with the knowledge that I already had. I mean, all I know how to do is accounting. So what else could I do? And came across the group of certified tax coaches out there and went, that is something I could totally jump in and believe in, took their uh, three-day training event, and then continued on with all their continuing education and stuff that they offer, and have realized how much I was leaving on the table with my own clients because I wasn't familiar with some of these strategies that you don't see in your day-to-day lives. Right. But, it, but they're there. You just don't know about them. And so really you know, changed the focus of my own business. Now we lead off with proactive tax planning. And yes, we still do all the traditional stuff, but that comes second. First is making sure that they're not overpaying those taxes. Yeah, now yeah. you get to be a superhero. Instead of just the bearer of bad news, I get to <laughs> right. be a superhero. <laughs> right. I mean, and what a shift that is, because I'm sure there are a lot of, uh, of accountants who, who feel that way, or a lot of people who go to their accountant you know, with their head down and say, okay, what's the damage this year, you know? Right. We're with a tax coach working with you. You know what that damage is or isn't, and you know it well and far in advance because we've been working on it, meeting about it during the year, and you're right up on your numbers, and they're smaller than what they were the previous year as far as the monies that you're paying out because you're putting those strategies to work for you. Right, right. Now, what do you see as some of the big mistakes that entrepreneurs or small business owners make that are 
really costing them in this tax game? The, the very biggest mistake is failing to plan. They just go about their business. They, you know, head down and onward we go. And they just run their business day in and day out. They don't know what they don't know. So they never, ever, the thought never crosses their mind that they can plan their way to a lower tax uh, bill. And they just keep on going. So that's a huge mistake. But then the next one I see after that is businesses that are in the wrong entity type. So often they start as a proprietorship. We just put up our little shingle and off to work we go. And down the road, I see that one can be such a a very, very expensive mistake and such a simple one, easy to fix. Right. Well, let's explore that a little bit. So, And and I know when people who have never owned a business before and don't have the kind of knowledge that you have, when they do start a business, they often don't necessarily create any kind of legal entity in the beginning. And then when it comes time to do so, um, they're, they're either, they have no clue, right? Or someone has told them, oh, yeah, you should be a, an LLC or you should be, you know, whatever. But they don't really know why or what the implications are. So can you just walk us through what are the different kinds of entities that small business owners should be looking at, first of all? You bet. And before I go there, I'd like to say one of the saddest things I see is where they get that information about, oh, I should become a whatever. It's sometimes it's their hairdresser. It's their um, sister's friend. It's somebody at the grocery store. It's they're not going to somebody, a professional who can help them really make an informed decision. it's It's rarely an expert. It's usually some other kind of business owner. Right, right. So the the different entity types are if you do absolutely nothing and you just start out in business, you are by default a sole proprietorship. And sole proprietorship is a great place for a lot of businesses to start, not all of them. It does not offer any liability protection of any sort. So if you're in a business that has the potential for liability, then you might not want to start with a sole proprietorship. The next step up the food chain, so to speak, would be um, a limited liability company. And they're not recognized in all 50 states. There's a few states out there that do not like them at all. And one example of that is the state of California. Oh, it really does not like LLCs. Okay. So there's very that. few in that state. Uh, there's a few other states that aren't real LLC friendly, but they still allow them. Um, the state I'm in in Idaho is very LLC friendly. So you see lots of them here. But a limited liability company allows you to have some liability protection for your business. Now, that does not take the place of insurance. You do have to have adequate insurance at any and all types of entities. But it allows you to protect your personal assets from your business because it starts becoming a separate legal entity. And then an LLC is kind of nice because it's a hybrid. It has the ability, it can put on a costume one day and act like a sole proprietorship. It can put on a different costume and it can act like a partnership or it could put on a completely different costume and it can act like a corporation. Hmm. So LLC is a really flexible entity and one that I like to use when possible because of its flexibility as a business grows we can change the entity types without having to change the fact that it's still an LLC which is kind of nice when you're dealing with the IRS. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Then, then if you, then sometimes people decide they need a partner in their business. Yes. And they run out and get a partner. Well, now by default, you're a partnership, which is a general partnership. And it again does not offer any liability protection of any sort. 
So it's just two people working together and come up with a partnership agreement. All of your profits are subject to self-employment tax, just like they are with a sole proprietorship. Um, so there's no protection there on the tax side for you. But sometimes they, they grab a partner or maybe they don't grab a partner. They're still by themselves and they decide, I want to be a corporation. They don't really know why. But one of the biggest perks on a corporation, again, is that limited liability protection. You can distance yourself from your business, which is nice because it helps protect your, your personal home, your personal assets and that type of stuff. But there are some requirements. You do have to, you know, do some dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's to make any of these entity types really work well for you. But uh, the nice thing on a corporation is there's two different kinds. There's an S corp and a C corp. And an S corp allows the profits to flow through from the business to the owners or the shareholders tax returns, which is a nice way to save some self-employment tax. Oh. A C corporation pays its own tax. So we use those in, in particular kinds of instances and in, in certain types of businesses, but not in all of them. Right. So it just, this nice little range, you know, lots of different entities we, that we can work with. Then it's important to have a professional prepare a full-blown analysis for you. Help you see what, what are the pros and cons of each of these entity types. Right. I was and which say, one might yeah, be best. How, how should people decide? I, I assume it has something to do with what industry you're in. And like you said, whether you have a partner or not. What's your, what's your liability exposure? Right. I've got a couple auto repair shops around here that I do work with, body shops. Boy, if you're touching a vehicle in any way, shape, or form, truck drivers, I get them out of a sole proprietorship real fast because in today's lawsuit society, even if you only change the oil in it, somehow you're going to get caught in that lawsuit. Right. You're going to get named. You're going to get named. Yeah, yeah. With everybody else. Yeah. How difficult is it to change a uh, a company's entity as it evolves? It's not difficult if you have a professional helping you. If you try to just do it by yourself, I would say you're probably almost guaranteed a really rough road with the IRS mm. because they have a bunch of forms that have to be filed. They have due dates that have to be filed by. If you don't make them in by the due date, you need a professional that can get you through the maze of trying to get it accepted. So it gets a little more complicated, but with a professional's help, it's not that hard to do. It can be done. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. More, more than I ever want to think about with my company, which is why I have people like you. I, I don't, I don't want to be worrying about this kind of stuff. And I'm sure most business owners don't want to be worrying about it. That's why we, we have professionals like you to help us take care of it. And I, I'm thanking my lucky stars <laughs> as we speak for that. I, I can't imagine having to navigate this maze without some help. It's, it would be very hard. Yeah, yeah. it really would. Cause it's, you know, it's a whole nother language. Well, and, and people can relate to this because no matter what industry you in, you, there's sort of a language around your industry and your jargon and the way things are done. And you know, that's going to be true at the IRS and with your taxes and everything too. It's just that I, I, for me anyway, it's a much more foreign language. You know, there's some industries I can get into and start to understand what's going on. I, I just can't do it when it comes to taxes. So t tell me what the difference is between, you know, a tax, tax preparation or projections or planning. Are these things not synonymous with one another or? You know, Kaylin, most people think they are. And in reality, they are three completely different types of engagements. Really? 
They are. And I, you know, from the inside, we just kind of chuckle that they think that, but from the outside looking in, they don't see that we do anything really big and magical, but yet we really are. I, tax preparation is simply engaging a professional to put the numbers that you give them onto the right forms by the due date, you know, doing all that stuff right. And that's all that that particular engagement encompasses. Yes, it's nice if the person is taking a look at it. They're watching to see if you've got the kind of the normal stuff and if not bringing it to your attention, maybe suggesting some things you could do differently. But basically, that's tax preparation. So that, tax, that's the H&R block of the world when it comes that, to tax time for your personal taxes. It you're is, but, but it's also a lot most accountants. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Most of them just, that's what they do. They call it a day. They're done next. And then, you know, especially during tax season. Yeah. You know, it's just pull them through. You got so many numbers you got to get done and so many you have to get accomplished. Yeah, it's a very hectic time for you guys. You know, as an aside, what, when does that start for you? I know you guys are incredibly busy during that time, but when does, when does it ramp up? My own office, we start taking appointments February 1st. Okay. And we run hard from February 1st to the end of March with appointments, leaving us that last two weeks to fulfill everything that's in-house. Right, right. Some and people will start the week before that. We don't because we do so many W-2s and 1099s, and we have to get all those out, and then we switch gears and head for February. Right. Yeah. So so have some pity on your, your poor accountants out there. They are not getting much sleep from February 1st. Until April 16th when they can take a a little bit of a break. And that's why it's so great to work with clients during the year. And that's where we can do the tax projections and the tax planning and stuff because there just isn't time during tax season. And back onto our original word, tax projections, is where we'll sit down with a client. Usually it's in the late summer, early fall. And we'll project out where we think their income and their expenses are going to be through the end of the year, Mm -hmm. what they think they're going to be purchasing in the way of equipment, and just some of that kind of stuff. And we can figure out this is where we think you're going to come out. We do what we call a pretend or a mock tax return. This is where we think you're going to come out. And then we start looking at things that they could do to make some quick short-term type changes. That's a tax projection. Okay. And we do those constantly with clients. But a tax plan is completely, completely different. A tax plan is long-term. We sit down and we prepare a customized tax plan that covers the next three to five years. And we're making sure that they're picking up a particular type of deduction. We're changing an entity. We're looking at a retirement planning. We're looking at a bigger picture. Overall, we're looking at their personal life, their business life. How do the two come together? What are their goals? What are they wanting to accomplish? And pulling together a plan that encompasses all of this that we can help them implement if they want our help. If not, they can implement it themselves and then be there to coach them through the implementation of this plan and making sure that they're staying on target and meeting the goals that we defined in the plan. Okay. So completely different engagements. Yeah, I get it. Okay, tax preparation, tax projection, and tax planning. I, I, I can see the sequence now. So that was very helpful. So one of, one of the benefits of owning a business, even, even for people who maybe have a, a full-time job somewhere else, but on the side they've created a business, is being able to have this entity uh, that you can use to write off certain kinds of expenses. So how can I use my business to write off expenses or especially, you know, now with Obamacare and there's all, you know, all these changes in the medical 
and healthcare arena, how can I be benefited through my business with these things? Well, Kaylin, there's the, there is the um, opportunity to write off some of your medical costs, your healthcare costs, right through your business. Mm-hmm. If your business meets certain requirements and is the, is a, only works for a couple of the entity types. So we okay. like to sit down and, and really explore that. Can we make that write-off work for your business? Or what would it take to make that write-off work for your business? Because right. a lot of people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars each year for health insurance. Yeah. Let alone anything out of pocket. And it's just going to so. continue to get get worse, I guess, in, in 2016 as the regulations right. go into full effect. Yeah. So if we can come up with a way to structure that you can write off all that cost through your business, that's money you're paying anyhow. Why not take a tax deduction for it? Right. So smart. Oh. But, I but it, it takes people, planning to yeah, make that people happen. people don't think about that, I'm sure. No, okay. they don't. I have a bunch more questions for you, but I want to take a quick break. Can you just hold on? Sure. For a moment for me? I appreciate it. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to clearly a tax goddess, Diane Gardner. She's a, an expert tax coach, and she is schooling us today on how we can be running our businesses better by looking at our tax planning. Not just our preparation projections. I learned something. See, I was listening. Tax planning. But I want to take a quick break, so if you hold on for... Just a minute. We will be right back. Tax Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. And she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy, she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey now, 
It's Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with my guest today, Diane Gardner. She is an expert tax coach, and she has credentials uh, through QuickBooks. She's a pro advisor. I'm sure a lot of you small businesses are using QuickBooks, so you understand that. She's an accredited tax preparer and an elite certification. She has an elite certification as a tax coach, which means you've probably heard of business coaches or even if you've never heard of coaching outside of sports you understand what a coach is there are a lot of different kinds of coaches in the world um, both personally and professionally for your business and she can literally uh, hold your hand and start walking you through how your business is laid out what it's doing what the numbers look like and start to see whether or not the first of all whether you had any planning but uh, the projections of what you're going to be paying and start to put together a plan with you so that you can minimize your, what's the right word? Your tax. Your tax liability. Liability. There's a good word. Your, your tax liability to the IRS. Because Diana has been telling us that a lot of businesses don't look at this thoroughly enough and that we are sending way too much money to the IRS that we don't, legally have to because we're not being as tidy and careful with our tax planning and quite frankly most of you probably do zero tax planning and um, the government is reaping the reward to that so it's up to you if you would like to continue to allow our uh, u.s federal government to have more of your money than they legally are entitled to or whether you would like to have it in your pocket and that is what diane is helping us understand today so I have just a few more questions for you before I can let you go, okay? Okay. Um, so here's a good one. Can you hire your children to work in your business? Do they have to be over 18 or not if you hire them? Do they have to actually perform functions within your business? You know, I hear people talk about hiring their kids and putting them in, you know, positions in the, and I'm using my air quotes, you know, the corporation what what uh, what are our do's and don'ts around this? Actually, Kaylin, that's a fun one because parents are always shelling out money for their kids. They yes. want to go to soccer camp. They want to go to football camp. They want to go to horse camp. They want dance lessons. They want swim lessons. They want all this stuff. Well, what if we could write that off through your business? And that is the beauty behind hiring your kids. And it can be done. It doesn't have to be a corporation to do it. It can be done in a proprietorship. So the beauty of it is your child, according to the IRS, that, that your child only has to be at least seven years old to be able to work in your business. Isn't oh, that cool? That is so weird because, you know, we have laws about child labor. Right, but they don't apply to a small, closely held business where and the I, children are working with the parents. Okay, and I assume that came probably from the farm world. Right, right. And upheld okay. through some court cases. Yeah, okay, interesting. So, I'm yeah, so minimum of seven years old. There are various things you have to do. You do have to hire your child to do a job that is age-relevant and skill-relevant. Okay. You can't hire them to be your, your vice president of marketing or whatever when they're eight years old. Right. So, but the, you know, you have to give them tasks that they can do. And tasks that, that you, you can't just fabricate stuff, you know, right. that's really personal and try to run it off through your business. Right. They need to keep a timesheet. You need to pay them with a real payroll check and some things like that to make it legitimate. But a really cool strategy that I love with hiring kids is 
if you bring them on at this early age, and sure, you're only paying them a small amount of money. The first, I think it's $6,300 you pay them is tax-free because they're at the 0% tax rate. And what if you dropped that money into a Roth IRA? Yeah. From the time they were 8 to 18, you dropped that money in a Roth IRA. They really don't need it. You know, dropped it in a Roth IRA. How would you be, just think what you could be doing. You'd be setting them up for a retirement plan. And just from contributing from 8 to 18, it's just such a cool concept out there. What you could do to set your children up for later in life. Even if they don't contribute from 18 to, you know, like 30 because they're raising families and they're doing all that stuff. But if, you know, because you've, you've put it in there and it had so many years to grow. Yeah, thinking so about that's that, a, the compounding, you know, the compounding, from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You can also use it to help pay for a college education this way. I've got clients that start at that seven or eight years old. They use their kids in their marketing. Their faces are on things. They're using them constantly. And they can pay them for that because they're using their kids' faces, their grandkids' faces, that type of thing in their marketing. Right. Well, you can be paying them and you can be putting that money away in a custodial account that works towards paying for their college. So it's kind of really cool that way when you can look at these little bit longer term things and start working towards a what's a really big goal and turn it into just small pieces. And then on the flip side, though, if they really do need the cash, they're teenagers and you know they really do need the cash, maybe you get part of it off into a custodial account that you share with them and then you give them the cash on the other part. But here again, that first 6300 is tax-free to them a write-off to you. And if you're at the 15 or the 25% bracket, it's going to save you a couple thousand dollars in tax to do that. It's money you would have given them anyhow, 20 bucks at a time here and there and a hundred bucks for here and a couple hundred for that. So you might as well pay it out through your business right. and take it as a write-off and save some taxes with it. Because it's not only going to save you income tax, it could conceivably save you self-employment tax depending on your entity type. Okay, I I get it. Now, if I'm I'm trying to think of the logistics of this, does this only apply if your children, if you claim your children as a deduction on your taxes? No, it's any and all children. Your adult children, your younger children. Uh, You can hire your adult children, and here again, let's say they're going to school. They're in right, college, right? And you pay them up to that sixty-three hundred mark. They're going to college. They don't. There, you know, there's nothing taxable. Or if it exceeds sixty-three hundred, I think it's the first fifteen thousand is is then only at ten percent. Okay. So it's still it's a much lower tax bracket yeah. than what you yourself are in. What an interesting concept! I had no idea. And yeah, and that's why it's such a fun one because it's one of those things that people don't know that they don't know. Yes. And if we can, and I love that term too. You don't know, yeah. what you don't know. I mean, that's one of those cliche things people say sometimes. But you, you just put it in front of me, right? I didn't know what I didn't know, and it, it, that is so cool. I love this yeah. concept. Yeah, and so those are fun things that we can do yeah. that with somebody yeah. and show them how they can take, they can write off money that they would be paying out anyhow. We're not yeah. asking them to spend more money to get a write off. Right. Just take stuff that you're already paying for. Right. And can and we turn that into a write-off? Yeah, and do it in a different way so that it's advantageous to you instead of just yeah. an expense. Yeah, I like it. So it, as a sole proprietor or even if you're an, an LLC or you become an S-corp or something, how do pensions and retirement plans begin to affect a small business? 
That's another really fun area. I know I'm so weird. I'm such a tax nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Better you than me. Yeah, I couldn't do engineering, so it's a good thing I'm an accountant. (laughs) But it's fun to be able to help somebody plan for their retirement. And most small business owners think, well, I can't do this. I, you know, I don't have the money to put into it or whatever. But if we can set them up with something like a simple plan, which allows them to just take a small payroll deduction each pay period, match it with their business up to a certain percentage, and submit that every single payroll. It's a small amount going in every payroll. And at the end of the year, they've got a nice little chunk sitting in a retirement plan that came off pre-tax. So it was deductible, and they're helping themselves meet their goal for retirement because too many small business owners hit retirement, and they haven't put a penny away, and now they're stuck with just Social Security, and that's a scary thought. Diane, I just have a couple more questions for you, I promise. You have time for me? Two more questions? You bet. I'm right here. I'm learning so much stuff from you. So what would you say are some of the most often missed tax deductions that entrepreneurs aren't taking something that they don't know about well Kayla a lot of people don't realize that they can be writing off their mileage or their vehicles in their business and so they don't keep track of that type of stuff right they just drive for their business and they're not realizing at the end of the year that can be a very large deductions sometimes. Yeah. And so I see that one being missed all the time. And somebody will say, I'm just not going to worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. But then I'll coerce them or guilt them into keeping track of their mileage for the next year. And it turns out that maybe it was a four or a $5,000 deduction. Right. Well, that's a big deal in my book. How closely do you have to keep track of that? You need to have a written mileage log that contains the date the number of miles that you drove, and what was the business purpose for those miles. Okay. It doesn't have to necessarily be your beginning and ending odometer, but, you know, if you drove 29 and a half miles and you had an appointment with so-and-so. But you you do need to have a log. Yeah, chances are there's an app somewhere. Yes, yes, there is. That can help you just, you know, speak into it and say, here's, you know, here's what Mm -hmm. I did. And um, I would imagine there's got to be an app for that somewhere. Or if you want to keep it really simple, you can just, you know, speak it into your smartphone and, have one of your kids that's now on your payroll download that, <laughs> listen to that, and transcribe it onto an Excel spreadsheet or something yeah. every month. Yeah, I know there's an app because a couple of my clients email me a, it's like a little miniature spreadsheet that comes out of their phones. They right. just email it to me every month. I drop it in a directory, and then at tax time, I just go in and print them all off, and I've got their mileage logs. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a, so. a huge ordeal. No, it's just it's hard to get in that habit. Yeah, it's yeah. and it's definitely it's a habit. That but five thousand dollars—that's a habit worth having. It is, and if you're at the twenty-five percent tax bracket, you know you're looking at fifteen hundred dollar write-off yeah. plus self-employment tax, double that write-off, three thousand dollar write-off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that becomes really important. So you have another one. Um, another one is so many. People are working from home these days, especially yeah. since we went through that big recession and yep. and people had to get creative on how to earn money. So you got a lot of people working from home that you didn't used to have. And they're not always aware that they can write off the business use of their home. For years, it was thought that if you write off the business use of your home, it's going to mean an automatic IRS audit. Yeah, red flag, and they would red say. Red flag. So people wouldn't do it. They were afraid to do it. Well, the IRS has backed off on that. They realize... Um, 
majority of small businesses are running from home anymore. So yeah. many cottage industries that they've backed off on that. And that is a deduction that we see people missing constantly. Mm. And it's not a huge deduction. It might only save three or four or $500 in tax, but that's still, that's money that you are spending that you don't need to spend. Right. Yeah. All of these, all, all the pennies add up in the end. They do. And sometimes a lot of these smaller type things turn out to be a couple thousand dollars worth of tax savings when yeah. you group them all together. Right. Right. So, okay. I'm convinced uh, I need to do some tax planning. Now, how am I going to find the right professional to work with? Well, first thing you want to do is you want to look for an accountant that has the letters CTC or Certified Tax Coach behind their names. Oh, I didn't realize that's what that means. I have your book in front of me and, uh, you know, your name's on your book clearly. And that's one of the sets of initials after your name, but I had no clue what that meant. Okay. CTC, Certified Tax Coach. Right. There's about 400 of us across the U.S., And that group of accountants has been specially trained to be proactive, to go looking for these deductions and credits and things that other accountants may not be looking for. If they see them, they'll take them, but they're not looking for them. We're very proactive. And so that's probably the best thing they can do is is find that and... You know, they can go out to certifiedtaxcoach.com and find a tax coach who's in their general area or I work nationwide. And I'd be happy to help anybody who would like some more information on that. Sure. I mean, with the way technology is now, your accountant doesn't have to actually be in your town anymore. Right. I'm in northern Idaho and I've got clients in Rhode Island, in Virginia, in Pennsylvania, in Utah, in Hawaii, and just all across the U.S. And with the beauty of phone, fax, Skype, email, um, Drop we can box. have yeah. Dropbox. We can have face-to-face conversations without much problem. Yeah. Easy peasy. So how can people get in touch with you? Best thing to do is go out to www.taxcoachforyou.com. And on there, I've got some free stuff I'd love to give away to your listeners. We've got a free stopover paying bundle where they can pick up some special reports, a couple chapters from my book, my stopover paying book. There's also another free book on the site called The 10 Most Expensive Mistakes That Cost You Thousands. Mm. So got some free stuff out there. They can um, look at the blogs, the videos, and start learning a little bit about how they can save some money through taxes. I offer a free tax analysis where all you have to do is let me look at your last two years tax returns and answer a few little questions for me and see if I can find some tax savings for you. If I can't, I send you on your way with a well done. And most of the time I can. And then we have a little deeper conversation to look at putting together a tax plan. Right. Oh, that sounds excellent. And I just want to remind everyone that when you go to actlocalmarketing.com, you can always search for any particular episode. So if you happen to be listening to this, and you're not able to write anything down that Diane was saying, that's okay. You can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and search. Uh, good words to search would be tax, clearly, you know, tax coach. Or you can just look for Diane Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And this particular episode will show up, and you'll be able to see some of the the links that we talked about. And I want to make sure, I just want to say now, even though I gave my little spiel there that people can come back and find this link. I want to make sure that we say out loud 
uh, how to spell the name of your website because you had the word for F-O-R in it. And I want to make sure it's not the digit for it's tax coach F-O-R. You? It actually is the digit number four. Okay, that's why I wanted to ask because these things happen with URLs, right? Right. So it's but if tax they type coach in the digit four you dot com. Okay. Right. If they type in F O R, it will still get them there. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry about it either way. But no, you know, but this is what happens with URLs. We, you know, that's right. These uh, these things. So I always like to spell it out for people. And of course, like I said. We'll include it in the show notes when you come back and look at this episode. So, Diane Gardner, CTC. I know what that means now. Thank you so much for spending time with me on Act Local Marketing. Thank you for having me on your show. This was a lot of fun, and hopefully we shared some valuable information with your listeners. You absolutely did. And like I said, I've, I've never had a tax professional on before. I mean, we've talked about finance and, and money you know, before in terms of small business and things that they can be doing, whether they're expanding or startups or selling, you know, the business off, but uh, never in terms of taxes. So this has been very interesting to me. And I thank you again. And those of you out there, you've been listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, where every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern, we give you another great guest who's full of golden nuggets like Diane Gardner this expert tax coach and you can always come back and learn more so that you can be moving the needle and get your business at least one step further into prosperity which is what i want for you so until next time i would very much like you to take care join kaylin for more marketing madness each week on act local marketing it will leave you with more ideas more understanding and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level act local marketing for small business goes live every tuesday at 1 p.m eastern and can be found on itunes stitcher podbean and at actlocalmarketing.com have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.